Welcome to another edition of Sports Hangout. I'm your host, Bilal Ahmed, alongside Salman Mian, Wasim Muzaffar, and Zan Janjua. Our special guest. Special guest. Temporary interim guest. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Zan, how would it like to be on your first podcast? That feels great, guys. This is uh, this is fun. So, Salman, what do we have <laughs> today? <laughs> today, guys, we're going to be uh, running down the NBA playoffs. Uh, first, we're going to talk about the Western Conference, and then we'll hit up the East. And after that, we've got some news and notes to go around the NBA. All right, first things first. We saw yesterday the Spurs, and we saw... The Oklahoma City <laughs> Oklahoma Thunder. Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> Hold on. So, yesterday, we saw the Spurs and the Thunder in the first game. What were your thoughts on that, Wasif? You know, I, I called the Spurs in the beginning to uh, win the series in six or seven, and I, I thought they would win game one at home. Uh, they looked really good yesterday. They uh, were moving the ball real well, played good defense, and, you know, the Spurs got down in that third quarter by around ten points, and everyone on their bench was still fighting. They didn't have any, uh, look like they any sad faces still going around. This team just knows how to close out and win. Well, Stuart Scott always gives us the same statistic every time a team wins games one in a series. 74.2567% of teams that win game one win the series. Well, that's great and all for statistics, but really, if the Thunder had won this game, everyone would be talking about what a terrible team the Spurs looked like. So it's a game they had to win, and they took care of business at home. And if they lose game two, we're right back to this being the Thunder series. You know, uh, the Spurs kind of lucked out. You know, not lucked out, but... Westbrook and Harden had terrible shooting nights, and uh, so did Tony Parker and Tim Duncan. I know, I know, but when you have your big three Thunder scorers, you know, you don't get much offense uh, from the other guys too much. From you know, Perkins, Ibaka, mostly there for defense. Off the bench, you uh, you know, Harden's your main guy. But I will, uh, you know, Derek Fisher did look pretty good coming off the bench, though, in place of... So five for five is first five shots. Yeah, I'll have to say Zane makes a good point. The Thunder definitely rely on their big three a lot for scoring, and the Spurs are definitely much more balanced team, and that, and that and we, we and saw that yesterday. Bench too. Much deeper bench, much But let's start early. We saw the Thunder energetic. You know, they quieted the crowd with a few jump shots early. They had a big lead. But then... You know, shots that they were hitting weren't going in later in the game. So was that more of, you know, missing shots or was that more of the Spurs defense, like, stepping up? I think it was a tale of two quarters. You look at the third quarter, you look at the fourth quarter. The Thunder clearly won the third quarter yeah, and they, they obviously lost the fourth quarter. Yeah. In the third quarter, what you saw was the Thunder playing, just like you said, with a lot of energy, hitting a lot of shots that were somewhat difficult Very at difficult. times, too. Yeah. Some of the long jumpers they were taking. But they're a team that lives and dies by those kind of shots. And in the fourth quarter, what you saw was San Antonio looked like they were just like, all right, guys, let's quit screwing around. We need to do this. Yeah, and Steve, what's and they executed offensively. Kenny, Kenny the Jet Smith brought up a very good point on uh, TNT. He said that the Thunder were hitting very difficult shots. And they were, they were hitting them, right? Which is how they got that lead. And at the same time, while they were on this flurry of jump shots, the Spurs were missing shots, but they were missing easy shots and easy layups. And that's when we saw, you know, in the great timeout speech by Popovich, he's, he said, you know, attack, attack, attack. Get nasty. Yeah, get nasty. Don't settle for nothing less than a, you know, a good shot, you know. And then all of a sudden we saw that swing in momentum is when those, those shots, they started going in and there were easy shots and those difficult shots, the Thunder started missing them. And, you know, the, the Spurs really did tighten up on defense even and on their offensive efficiency. You know, this is a team that had – 14 first-half turnovers, two yeah. in the second half. Huge change there. You, you, you don't win every game by the amount of turnovers you 
decrease and the amount of rebounds you get, and they are even on the rebounds as well. You think that was because of their layoff? They started slow or what? I don't know if they started slow or not, but uh, I think th- the Thunder are the more, more athletic team at this point. Uh, the Spurs are older, they have more finesse in their game, and they play good team basketball, and they can't always rely on speed. But let, let me ask you guys a question. Do you guys know where the Thunder rank in points off assists in the NBA? They are dead last in scoring points off assists, meaning they don't they don't get a lot of assists. So a lot of their jump shots. One thing that was interesting that we saw that kind of goes off your assist point is with about five minutes left in the game, the Thunder were down by about seven points. Look at what happened when they were playing the Mavericks and the Lakers at the same point in those games. What happened? They started running. They started hitting shots that were tough. They started taking it to the rack. But what happens against the Spurs? The Spurs take it to the rack. And Ginobili! They, and they locked down on defense. And the you could see that with five minutes left in the game, it seemed like the OKC Thunder were running their last 30-second offense. Every possession was so difficult for them. Yeah. They just had a really hard time getting into the flow of their offense with five minutes left. And it's really hard to play that kind of intense D um, and, and really be able to score with that kind of intensity on you. I mean, you might be able to get a bucket or two like they were, but you're not going to be able to score 25, 30 points in that quarter, and that's where they lost the game. This yeah. is the first game of the playoffs for the Oklahoma City Thunder where they lost a close game. And uh, I don't know, for a young team like this, Sam, what do you think that for a young team, tough loss on the road, I mean, what do you think that's for the psyche? Do you think they can recover in the next game? Well, the way I look at it is they went – they kind of had a pretty pretty easy playoff so far. I mean, you know, I don't know about easy. Not easy, but they, you know, they haven't played the caliber of the Spurs yet. You know, they beat like like Salman said, the Mavs and the Lakers gave up leads late in the game, like with like two minutes to go. That wasn't gonna happen against the Spurs, all right. The the Spurs a little more battle tested than the Thunder. I think Thunder learned from this, realized that they're not gonna be able to win every game in the closing seconds, in the closing minutes. <laughs> That they've got to get into a groove and hold a lead uh, going into, you know, they had a nine point lead in the fourth, uh, heading into the fourth quarter. Uh, you know, and then right off the bat, Tiago Splitter hits two, uh, two layups, and, you know, it's all Spurs from that point on. But let, let me ask you guys for both teams, let's start with the Spurs. Who played good, who played bad, and who surprised you with their, with their play? So I'm on me. I'm going to say, easy one to say who played good is Manu Ginobili. But the one I'm going with is Big TD. The big man down low, Tim Duncan, played really great. He did everything that they asked him to do and more. And, you know, he's just so solid down low. And I think we're we're really – we don't appreciate how good he is. Um, Especially on defense. And and for the also, I think the surprising is that Tony Parker really didn't go off maybe the way that he thought – we thought he could – but I still feel like one thing we've talked about before is point guard play is very important, and he controlled the tempo of the game, especially in the fourth quarter. The Thunder weren't running back and forth, getting dunks or doing any sort of easy transitional offense. Parker controlled the tempo. They took their time even taking the ball up, and they really took OKC out of their rhythm. So I got to give some props to him just for just for being able to control the flow like that. All right, let's look on the let's look on the flip side. Uh, Wasif, who do you think played good for the Thunder? Who played bad? And who surprised you? Well, I don't think he played bad, but I think the key in this series is Russell Westbrook. You yeah. know, he finished with 17 points, five assists. You know, pretty good, pretty good numbers. But on there's, seven of 21 shooting, on seven of 21 shooting, shot a very poor percentage, took very tough shots, missed most of them. And to be, and he has a sizable mismatch at this position. There's 
while Tony Parker, you know, has been around the block a few times, there is nobody in this league who can match up with Russell Westbrook on any level. His speed, his athleticism, his power. Yeah. And he should be able to out. He didn't play up to it, though. Exactly. Yeah. And I was really surprised with that performance. I think he needs to dictate tempo uh, a little more effectively, uh, kind of push the ball a little more. I think the Thunder are really caught up in the half-court set a lot, which is not their strength. And if they, with Russell Westbrook, if he can drive down, penetrate the lane more, pass out to his open shooters, they have also a better get chance. In, get in the open court. Yeah. So, what do you guys think? Um, what do you guys think is one piece that the Thunder might have been missing yesterday? that maybe they can do from an overall team point of view, what's one thing? you think they could rebound better? you think it's low post offense? What's the one thing that they really need to improve on to win game two? I think that they need to move the ball side to side. because, And I think you need to do it early. It is very difficult to do that you know, late in games if you haven't been doing it early in games. You need to set your foundation early in the game, set it side to side, let James Harden drive in. You need to get Ibaka those 15-footers, you know, that's your basically your only low post scorer. You know you need to get him some alley oops. You need to get him going. But the main thing is go side to side, get the ball moving. So when you're in late in late game situations, your flow isn't stagnant because it was bad yesterday. I don't know if it was their ball movement, but I think it's to to play those big men down there for them. You know Collison, Perkins, Ibaka. They combined for 15 points. The Spurs are plus seven on the rebounds. Yeah. Um. You know not not a big number, but. In a, in a three-point loss, it could have been the difference. Uh, Carlson, Carlson played good. I thought yeah. Carlson played well, yeah. But you're not going to get that production out of yeah. him every single game. Exactly. You know, they kind of they kind of let one go. I mean, you don't get that production off of your bench that often. And you Cephalosha had, scored a lot. You know, you have – yeah, Cephalosha did pretty well. But you had Derek Fisher and Nick Carlson uh, both shooting at high percentages. You know, Nick Carlson only five points. No one expects him to score 20 or anything. But the, both of them played pretty well. But you had your starters struggling. You had uh, the big three for Oklahoma City, 16 for 45, you know. Um, James Harden, besides, like, what, the two meaningless threes at the end, uh, really struggling, getting taken to school by Manu Ginobili. I think Ginobili! I think one thing to point We're not out. Doing We're not doing that anymore, are we? I'm doing that. One thing to point out here is that in the fourth quarter, the Spurs scored 39 points. That's how much the Celtics scored in three quarters tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> I don't think you can win a lot of playoff games letting the opponent score 39 points in a quarter, let alone the fourth quarter. One thing I do want to talk about, this game lived up to the hype. You know, we had two teams who score a lot of points, played, you know, tenacious defense, and it was good. It was a, a great game to watch yesterday. How good overall? From a technical standpoint, Spurs offense, you know, just we know we know it started slow in the first half, but when they got going, man, they're clicking on their, you know, every cylinders. They're hard to stop. They're going to be very difficult to stop, and I don't care if they go back to Oklahoma City. Offense is offense, you know, and what Greg Popovich teaches. I don't know if Oklahoma City has the team defense, especially if Perkins gets into foul trouble, to stop the Spurs offense. Game two predictions. Who do you guys see taking game two? And do you think that that's a decisive game for this series? Can Oklahoma City afford to go down 0-2, or do they have to win game two? I think they have to win game two, Oklahoma City. But uh, I'm going to go with Spurs in a very close game. It might even go to overtime. Uh, but I don't think being such a young team, Oklahoma City can afford to go down 0-2. Uh, I've got the Spurs too. I just I don't see that team, a team that good losing at home like that. 
Um, I think they could possibly take one in Oklahoma City. So it is a must win uh, for the Thunder, if you ask me. Um, but I got I got to go with the Spurs. Did you, just it's impressive how they late in the game they can score so many points. You know, I I have the Spurs winning this series and then win the NBA NBA title if the teams left. But uh, I think the Thunder will take this next one, split the series, go back to really? Oklahoma City uh, with a tie. You know, they they really they you really think they have it late in game. You know, they really let this game slip away. If you think about it, uh, if it wasn't for uh, a few missed shot, bad shots taken, a couple of turnovers, they they uh, you know they lost the game by three points. Uh, they still have a shot. Easier said than done, but if they can slow down Ginobili in the fourth quarter, uh, I think they really could have won this game. Um, and you saw how ridiculous the Thunder offense can be late in the games. I mean, it was a, it, I know the game was already out of reach. It was a 10-point game with about 80, 90 seconds left. But they hit four or five three-pointers yeah. in a row. I Flurry. mean, yeah. if, if you're in a close game and the other team is capable of shooting like that, I mean, you're going to lose some games. They're going to win some games that they, they really have no business winning. So I think I think the Thunder come back and, and make a statement, win game two. Um, but you know San Antonio is a team that's very easily capable of winning on the road, and uh, I just I just can't see Oklahoma City winning a series if they if they get down three to one. So yeah, uh, I think it's it's almost a must win game to them. Uh, do you guys think with San Antonio's age that if this game does go seven seven games, you know, do you think age will play a factor? Do you think the athletic factor of Oklahoma City will? you know, just overwhelm them in the end? No, I don't think so. I think outside the core, they're still a very young team. Um, we all know Parker, Duncan, Ginobili. They've been there a while. But then you, you've got um, Tiago Splitters, Young, and you've got Kawhi Leonard brings, you know, youth, uh, young legs to the floor. And, you know, this team has been playing well, but they're not a really physical team. Um, you know, we have their – we're in the playoffs now, so they get a, at least one day's rest between games. You know they're not playing Memphis and like last they did last year, who will beat you down and pound you on the inside. You know this is a lot of team with a lot of shooters and penetration dribble. Uh, I think they'll have rest. Fatigue won't be an issue. So let, let's switch conferences now and talk about the team that everybody loves to hate on, the Miami Heat. We saw them dismantle Boo. the Boston Celtics Boo. in Game One in the second half. It was a close first half, but they dismantled him in the second half. LeBron obviously came up big. D Wade supported him. Um, they played good D in the second half. Um, Salman, give us your overall thoughts on this game. Um, I think it was pretty much everything that we expected. LeBron and Wade can take the ball to the rack at will, and there's nobody to stop them. And then on the other end, the Celtics still having some trouble scoring points. Sure, Pierce's shots are going to go down later in, in the series, maybe if, in Boston. Um, and, and I think that you know it's pretty ironic also that these Boston fans who have been the uh, recipients of let's just say, generous officiating uh, over the last couple of years are complaining so hard about these technical fouls in this game. They just need to shut their mouths and, and, and play better defense, but they really don't have the wing defense to slow those guys down. And if you, if it, Unless those guys have a really bad shooting game, I'm not really sure this, this series even comes back well, to Miami. Well, Boston did score 35 in the second quarter. What did they do right that they didn't do good in the second half? I think one of the problems are, that they had in the second half is getting the shots that they wanted. Um, Miami really buckled down defensively. They made it tough for them. You'll see that Rondo is not... It, he, he played a little bit uncharacteristically, less aggressive in the second half. That certainly uh, hurt them quite a bit. And then you see that Ray Allen is, is nowhere near himself. I mean, he can't. the guy can't even get lift on his free throws right now. I mean, what? He was 3-for-7 from free throws? 
I mean, we're talking about probably one of the best free throw shooters of all time. Something's wrong with him. Something's definitely wrong. Yeah. You know, I was, I was really surprised in this game. You know, the Celtics have two obvious mismatches at the point guard position and down low with Kevin Garnett against anyone with uh, Chris Bosh out right now. And the Miami Heat did a great job doubling uh, Kevin Garnett and making someone else beat them, and no one else did. Yeah. And we all know, we all know Boston goes as Rondo goes. You know, he's the heart and soul of that team right now. He's the MVP of that team. Not a spectacular game. Um, he didn't control the flow. He had some very careless turnovers uh, in the game. Only two, point, only two assists in the second half. Yeah. Um, just didn't do a good job moving people as he usually does. Um, just not a good overall offensive performance. I think Doc Rivers is preaching to him that he needs to be a scorer first so that his passing game opens up. And I don't think he did a good job of that tonight. You know, we, we talked about fatigue in the, San Antonio Sports, in the San Antonio Spurs being an older team, and I, I didn't think it would affect them. I think it really does affect Boston, yeah. who just completed a Game 7. They have Ray Allen, who's obviously hurt. Paul Pierce, who's banged up. Kevin Garnett, who's an old guy, you know. Uh, that I think it's going to be a real issue in this series. Yeah. I think uh, it, it will, but you know what? If there's a team that's mentally tough as much as you hate them, it's the Boston Celtics. I mean, I don't hate them. You know, I I, like I dislike them, <laughs> but you know what? They're they've got that mental toughness. They've got that experience. They've been in big games, so they're not going to let this. Uh, I I disagree with the series being a complete blowout. I know tonight was, but I think they're going to somehow climb back and make it interesting. Uh, Rondo, I know you're listening. Please look to score some more. It'll help your passing game. One interesting point that that I wanted to bring up here is that. A lot of people talk about, oh, Miami, they're big too. Now that Bosch is out, you know, you have to have great games from LeBron and Wade. Well, guess what? Every team is like that. If the Boston Celtics don't have a great game from Rondo and another guy, including Paul Pierce and Garnett, and probably they need a great game from all three of them, they're going to lose every game in the series. Yeah, but who, what other team in the NBA do you think has a worse bench than the Miami Heat? I mean, really, you think the bench is the reason why they lost those two games against the Pacers? It's because Dwayne Wade had a bad game. I mean, if, if he plays even average in those games, they probably come back and win those games. I don't know about that, but I know that other than LeBron Wade and Dwayne Wade, there's not many other people going to beat you. So if those guys aren't going to score, the entire NBA is like that. You look at the you you look at the Boston Celtics. If Rondo doesn't have a good game and KG doesn't have a good game, you think Steamsma is going to be the reason they well, come back and beat the well, Heat? You no. know, I did I did ask you guys who played good and bad uh, in the Eastern Conference. I mean, in the Western Conference. And for the Western Conference, I want to note out that Mike Miller has been shooting very well the last three games. Uh, he was not shooting well in the rest of the playoffs, but he shot very well today. Shane Battier also played very well today, knocking down a couple three-pointers. Uh, and I think they really stepped up big for the Miami Heat. Makes it a lot easier when, you're, when your big two can, can create the offense that they can. You get a lot of open looks. I think I could hit some of those. I don't know about that. But, uh, yeah, I'm a little carried away right yeah. there. but Let's just stick to point taken. Point taken. Battier did hit a, a couple of big threes, but uh, let's not forget, he struggled from the line. I think he, two for nine is what I have right here. Um, so you don't, <laughs> I, I'm just saying like, you know, I, I wouldn't say that was a good. Yet. He, he did, he did do a good job rebounding the ball, which was needed. And, uh, yeah, you need some better play. I think out of, uh, Shane, Shane Boston's had a, Shane Betty had a double, double 10 and 10 tonight. Yeah. And uh, if Boston's going to have any chance in this series, they have to destroy Miami in the paint and they have to play good wing defense. 
while KG might be able to get some points, I really don't think Steamsma and whoever else they uh, trout out there is going to be. You know, they do have affected. Brandon Bass down there. I mean, they don't have like a, a... He did not play good today. A squib... Yeah, he didn't play good Which today. Which is not normal. He's, he's been playing really good. Yeah, he's, he's been playing well, you know, with, with the loss of A.B. Bradley out there, you know, their defense is going to be a little different. Best on-ball defender, by the way. Absolutely. And, it would, and probably their best perimeter defender as well. Uh, which is something they desperately need. Which is not saying much, but still. <laughs> so, someone did anybody for, from Boston actually play good tonight, you think? I think KG w- wasn't too bad. Um, he had a decent game, but you could see that, you know, he's going to need some more help down there. He's, you know, they, they're going to double team him when he gets the ball in the post and other guys have to hit their shots. And, and Rondo's got to do a better job creating easier opportunities for KG, giving KG the ball down in the low block and making him work for seven seconds to get a good look and hitting the shot. I mean, that looks great, but that's not the kind of work that he needs to be doing to get his points. So, Zane, let me ask you, for the rest of the series, for the Miami Heat, who's their X factor? Meaning that this person's going to have to step up and play solid minutes, give them solid numbers, in order for them to close out the Boston Celtics. Before he answers, I just want to say they have no X factor. If LeBron and Wade play yeah. average, it doesn't matter how bad the rest of the team plays. But go ahead, Zane. It, yeah, I'll I, honestly, I just think, it, it, like Salman said, I mean, if you look at just about – Every game that they have, you know, it's LeBron, Wade, Bosch. Outside that, you know, you might get some contributions out of Mario Chalmers. One thing I haven't mentioned is Chris Bosch could be back by game three and game four. Uh, if, he, if he does come back, I mean, I don't see there's any, there's any way Boston can win another game. Medically speaking, uh, here at the medical corner, we're going to give a little bit of analysis as to Bosch's injury. Um, having a torn rectus abdominis or even a partially torn one, of course, we don't know the extent. I haven't seen his MRIs, but we don't know the extent of the tear itself. But speaking from what we're hearing about in reports, him working out at practice, practicing lateral movement, things like that, I think he's only about a week to 10 days away from giving some meaningful minutes in games. I'm not saying he's going to come back and play 35, 40 minutes, but having that presence down low and being able to hit some of those jump shots can really change their offense, even if it's for 15 to 20 minutes a game. And he may not be back for this series, but I really think that he's going to be back in the finals and we're, and we're going to have a battle in the NBA finals. So that, that being said, I'll start with you, Zan. Yeah. What are your predictions for game two? Game two, uh, I see the same thing happening again, honestly. Um, I think uh, Rondo, like you said, if Rondo goes down, the whole Boston Celtics struggle. I think the guy that really needs to step up if Rondo's not doing well is Paul Pierce. He is their emotional leader. Uh, you know, he's the, he's been there the longest, and, you know, he can really pump the team up. So you think, Bo- so you think Miami's going to win, right? I think Miami's got the series close? on lock. Uh, it'll be closer than today, but, you know, not, probably not much closer. All right, Watson? You know, I think Miami's going to go for the gentleman sweep, five games. I think Boston may take one on the at home. But I – the way Le- LeBron and Dwayne Wade are playing right now, I don't, I don't see it possible for them to win this. Interesting series. thing, though, um, you know, LeBron and Wade playing really well. Do you think their play has, like, do you think they're really just like, you know, like we got to do, you know, since Bosch went out, do you think they've been playing better? Because they, I mean, they've always been capable of it. You know, I think it. Uh, Chris Bosch has to ha- take possessions to, for him in order to be effective. You know, even though he's their most consistent player, but I think. They're really flourishing without him in a sense because there's more possessions for themselves. Yeah, but do you do you think it's because they stepped it up because they're like, hey, we don't have our number three guy. You know, you and me, LeBron, we gotta just take over. On most teams, when your third best player goes down, 
you end up giving more shots to, I don't know, guys like Chalmers or Joel Anthony. But now you're getting more shots than LeBron and Wade's hands. Only good things can happen from there. Uh, LeBron, by the way, 13 for 22, very efficient today. And I think Miami easily wins game two. I think Boston's only chance is to win, you know, two at home and make this a seven-game series. Other than that, I don't see them winning the series. Miami is very fortunate to have a bye until the finals. <laughs> it's a... To be honest, I mean, this is a this, this is a Boston team who doesn't exactly need to be here. Uh, they got they should have been forced to play a game seven against Atlanta Hawks, which the refs gave him uh, that series, and then they played an inferior team uh, in the seven six series, so only advanced because Derrick Rose got hurt. They're not really haven't really had it, and they struggled against them as well. Yeah, the reason why Boston struggled against those teams is because they're not very good, and we're seeing that now. Yeah. I mean, even even if Rondo has triple doubles, they're not going to be. The Sixers had a hard time finding offense. The Miami Heat don't have that problem at all. We are out of time for today. We want to thank all of our listeners, especially Rajon Rondo, for tuning in. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash sportshangout. Also check, out, check us out on iTunes. And uh, from Sports Hangout, I'm Bilal Ahmad with Salman Mihan. And Wasif. And Zan. And, and Shia. And we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>